You're listening to the Mistress of None podcast with Aaron Harks. Hello, hello, hello. Mistress of None, Jack or Jill of all trades, whatever the hell, I don't care. I am so excited about this podcast. I'm really enjoying it. I'm getting to talk to some of the best people. I'm sure I'll run out of people eventually, but I can't think that far ahead. I'm just really enjoying picking people that I aspire to work with and be like in the many aspects of pursuit for me. I'm a musician, comedian, event planner, sober chick, lots of other stuff, working on different stuff all the time. I am not just a comedian, I am a comedy producer, I guess you could say, because I put on a lot of my own shows here in the Capital Region. I do that because when I first started doing comedy, I was already doing music almost full time. And I remembered asking somebody or they asked me to be on a show and I was really early in. So I was like super flattered. And I said, what does it pay? And they laughed at me and I was like, well, that's rude. Um, I know better now that it's really hard for comedians to make money. There's it's, it's weird. It's definitely weird. It's definitely a lot harder than music. It's harder to do than music, it's harder to make a living at than music. It's just harder in general, which is probably why I like it more because it's more of a challenge and because I'm a masochist. Anyway, I looked at the person strangely and they said, you're not going to make money doing comedy. Not right away anyway. And I was like, well, challenge accepted. And then I got some good advice from some other people who said the best way to get paid for comedy is to produce your own shows. I know a lot of comedians and I do not say this to disparage them in any way. I know a lot of comedians that flat out refuse to produce shows because it is a lot of work. It is a headache. It is really, it's nonstop promotion dealing with other comedians, some good, some bad, lots of egos, lots of mental illness. Sometimes you have good money for them. Sometimes you don't. You find a good niche. niche sorry. I'm very tired too. We'll get to that in a second. Like, luckily you get a good like little harem of people that you enjoy working with and that know that you're going to do your best to take care of them and, you know, not... Not that they're greedy. I mean, people have to get paid. I understand that I have to get paid too. I turn down shows all the time. The only time that I get uh, annoyed is one, when I work with a comedian who's like amazing and I pay them as best I can. And, and then they say, you know, oh, well, actually I get a little bit more. And so then I work harder to find a better room with, with a better budget. And I reach out to them again and they're like, actually, no, I, I get a little more than that now. And so again, I work harder to find a better room with a bigger budget or I negotiate more and I reach out a few months later and they're like, oh, sorry. And I'm like, I, you know what? Good for you that you're giving yourself 
like 50% raises once a month, but also fuck out of here. Um, I mean, if you could sell out a room the second I book you, then sure, let's do it. But let's be real. It's not happening. Um, but you know, if it doesn't work for you, if it's not for you, it's not for you. You don't have to do my show. That's fine. Just, it's just obnoxious. Like I had this one comedian, he finally said, you know what, honestly, I probably won't ever be able to do it. And I said, thank you. Best of luck to you. Maybe someday. And I stopped asking and it was a beautiful thing. Just that honesty. Uh, the other time that it's difficult is when like you book something and then like after you book it, they start to ask questions like, yeah, well, what about, you know, this and that. And I'm like, I, I was upfront about what it was. Like I have this much to offer you. If we sell more tickets, we get more money. I'm responsible for selling all the tickets. I don't expect my comedians to. I hope that they promote. I hope that they share and do what they can on social media to get as many people out as possible. But it's not up to them. It's up to me as the producer and it's up to the venue. And sometimes the venue is amazing at that. And sometimes they're not so much. You know, we all have a lot going on. But a lot of it falls on me. I'm not trying to be a fucking martyr or anything like that. But it is a lot of work. And a lot of the people that I worked with and continue to work with will tell you that it is a lot of work. Um, yeah, me, poor me. Anyway, so that brings me to uh, this week's guest. I maybe I'll tell how we met afterwards. Yeah, I'm gonna get right to the interview as soon as I can. This woman is, and I, I felt bad announcing her like this at, at comedy shows because I don't mean to hurt the feelings of other comics, but she is the funniest woman that I've ever worked with. She is just naturally effortlessly funny. She has made me laugh so hard so many times. And she's so incredibly easy to work with. I, I feel honestly, I don't know what I did right with this woman that she enjoys working with me as much as she does. Uh, I don't deserve her sometimes. She is just too funny. And I, I wish I could give her eight times as much money. I really do. Uh, but she always, I, I can count on her. She's always going to deliver a great show. I never want her to stop. She's just so funny. She's so sweet on and off stage. I adore her. You're going to hear me kiss her ass for the next half hour, but I don't care because she, she really is fantastic and uh we're gonna play a track from her one of her comedy albums she has a few out i think two with one on the way uh we'll talk more about that but her name is kelly mcfarland she hails from boston she works all over the country occasionally does a cruise ship or two which we talked about a little bit last night off air uh, cause I didn't want to sound like a needy little bugger asking her how I could also work on cruise ships. We're going to come up with a whole show that we're going to do together. Um, think I'm going to sit her on my knee and she'll be like a mannequin kind of thing. And maybe we'll sing some songs. I don't know, but I love her and you will too. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Kelly McFarland. You're listening to the Mistress of None podcast with Aaron Harks.
Welcome to the Mistress of None podcast. My guest this evening is the amazingly talented, hilarious, beautiful woman, Kelly McFarland. Please introduce me at all events and such going forward. I mean, that I, was a great that was a great intro. I mean, I meant every word of it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I'm glad that you did. Um, I feel the same way about you. That's so just sweet. Just so you know. This just in. Although I feel like we gush every time we see each other. We do, but I know for me, and I, I'm not putting words in your mouth. I know yep. for me, mine is super genuine. There's really not a phony bit about me. You just seem very nice. So oh, I don't know if I believe you. Thank you. Uh, I am very nice. No, I... If I wasn't being genuine, you would know. <laughs> well, or maybe you wouldn't. I don't know if you would know. Like, I think there's two ways to be. Okay. This okay. is always, this is like my rule of life. And I don't know if this is what you want to talk about, but here we are. Do it. So to me in life, I'm going to move through the world with one of two approaches. Um, kindness. Mm-hmm. And everyone will get that. Unless you are unkind to me. Okay. And then anything above kindness is genuine. Okay. So I am just always happy to see other humans. That's fantastic. Yeah. And if I really like love and admire you and we're friends, you'll know. That's, well, that's awesome. Yeah. I am the exact opposite. (laughs) And so that's That's why I have trouble seeing that in other people. Mm -hmm. Like when someone's nice to me. Either they want something or there's something wrong with them. That's fair. I mean, I, that is a very fair thing. May I amend my previous thing? Sure. You're going to get kindness. And if you are in fact being just fake to me or need something Mm -hmm. or want something from me, then my, is this a, a, a swearing you podcast? may swear yeah i was like Please really weird if do. you didn't <laughs> um i'd be like who are you, you? are yeah what is I? speaking of being phony <laughs> you you don't curse on this podcast. okay light it up bitch okay, and it's now it's so it's gonna be such a letdown to a goal they probably thought i was gonna drop something crazy um my bullshit meter is really high Good. so and i just think that's like life experience mm-hmm. so now i'm like oh i i'll still smile at you and in my brain go Mm, arm mm-hmm. slang. Mm-hmm. You're really slinging it out right now. Well, because of what we do, being self-employed and being yes. in this industry, you still do have to be somewhat cordial to people. Yes. Even when you're like, I hate your fucking guts, but we have to work together. That's right. Yeah. And so, yeah, my bullshit meter is, and like sometimes like the guys in my band or something, they'll see me with somebody and they're like, I thought you didn't like that guy. I'm like, we have no choice but to get along with this human. Today. Yeah. Totally. If it were up to me, I would never work with this person again. But today, how are you? Yeah. Okay, go find yourself. Yeah, I also, there's like a level of professionalism that has to come through at all times. Yes. Now, I will say that some people have said to me over the years, like, I never really feel like I know you. And do you get that too? No, I get actually people that are super familiar with me that think that they know me. Oh. And that's even more annoying because it's like, no, you don't. Right. Like when you say people that do this, are they people that are close to you? Sometimes. Okay. Like there'll be people that are like, I feel like you like never get mad and you like never have, you you have like, you're even keeled. And I'm always kind of shocked by that because I'm like, really? Because 
if we went to the CVS pharmacy team, <laughs> they they would probably tell you a different story. Like I am not even I'm not even keeled, but I think that when you have dealt with anxiety or anything, right? You're if you are in check, I always try to flip it on its side, right? Like not str- I don't struggle with mental health. I I am self-aware of my mental yeah. health and I work on it. And I think that that is why, like, you don't see me get upset because I'm doing 50 exercises in my brain. That's awesome. 90% of the time to remind myself, don't get up over, get upset over things you can't control. Yeah. Like, there's like a weird deck of cards in my head for every situation. And I'm just pulling those out. I'm not going to show someone that I'm not tight with my soft underbelly. Yeah. That's just not how I do it. 100%. You know, it's not that I don't have, I believe me, I'm soft all over. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, you know, I'm vulnerable just like anybody else, but it's like, yeah, I definitely have, yeah, I have a fortress around me because I don't just let anybody in. Yeah. Um, But I love how you said that, how, uh, you know, you don't struggle with it. You, you deal with it and that's so healthy because I mean, I uh, I advocate not advocate. I uh, I went on anti anxiety medication two years ago, right before my wedding. Yeah, I'm sure you can understand. Absolutely, I was losing it, and my therapist actually said, "You're suffering." Yeah, he could see me, and so I started to take just something very small, and I'm like, "Oh!" But like the first time I recognized what an anxiety attack was. I was able to have a little more control over it in uh, an odd sense of yes. the word, but I was like, "Oh, this is what that is." Let me take a few deep breaths, and, and it's it's temporary, and it will pass, and I'll be okay again. It's funny because I uh, that is that is so true, right? Like there is a sense of control when you know what the deal is. So I have OCD. I was diagnosed later, in, like formally diagnosed later in life. And I always knew that I, there was something and I would be told by like my parents, like, oh, well, you're just quirky. You're very funny about things. You have a funny way about things, <laughs> which, you know, when you hear that enough, you're like, oh, I better not tell anybody about yeah. this. Right. Yeah. Like, so I'm quirky and I have a funny way about things. I better try to like temper this mm-hmm. and you will suffer. Especially when it's said in that way. Oh, yeah. you're quirky. You're not quirky. like, you're quirky. Yeah. Run with that. Yeah. I got a lot of that too. I never want to say anything bad about them. And I think they I, were, I'll say something bad about <laughs> them if you want. <laughs> I think they were doing the best they could. Yeah. No, yeah, I get it. And as I got older, when I, when I remember sitting with a therapist and after um, we were, had been, it was a psychologist actually, few sessions, I was in my thirties, my late thirties. And he was like, so you know you have OCD, right? And I'd be like, yeah, probably a touch. And he was like, okay, um, Kelly, seriously, I need you to acknowledge it. That's that's very powerful if you can just, you know, I'm going to, you have, you know you have, there's no shame in it. I'm like, no, I'm not ashamed. Yeah, I get a little bit of a thing. And he was like, oh my God. Yeah, just admit it. I'm going to need you to look at the file I'm holding and acknowledge that you have it. And I was like, yeah, no, yes, of course. Yes, of course I know I have it. And he'd say, great. And how do you think you're handling it? I'm like, the same, uh, only better, because now I have some tools. Yeah. So if anything, it was like freeing for me because I was like, oh, that's just, 
that's just the other side of my brain, Mm -hmm. that little piece of my brain going, you need to park the car five times. Yeah. Mine is getting out of the house. Okay. Tell me more things about that. Well, I just love that, you know, two very funny women, yes. if I do say so myself, and we're discussing mental illness, which I think is... that is, what, is that not I love what it. you want to talk no, about? No, I love it. What do you typically talk about? I let I let the, I let it flow. I let it get yeah. organic. But I, I love that this is what we're talking about, because yeah. there is a lot of mental health um, in issues in the comedy yeah. community. And sometimes they say, like, when I see a comedian that's, like, terrible, I'm like, oh, they must have had a really good childhood. Yeah. You know, like, right, right. like, sometimes the more tragedy you've had in your life, the funnier you are. And yeah. there is a lot of mental illness in the comedy community. And I think we're lucky that we're creative with it and we have an outlet for it. Absolutely. But mine, until I started taking medication, it's still not perfect. But mine, anytime I left the house... It would take, like, I would just go out to the car like six or seven times. I'd be like, okay, did I leave any candles? Burn? I mean, it's smart. I'm, I'm yeah. married to a firefighter, so that's the very least I should do. But, like, I mean, I've driven home before because I thought I left, mm-hmm. like, a straightening iron on or a candle burning. And I would get home and everything is off. The stove is off. Yeah. But I was, like, in the middle of a gig one time. And I was like, did I leave a burner on? And I've never left a burner on. Yeah. I've never, ever left a burner. It's a gas stove. You would see it. You would turn it off. Right. But like, that's just how, yeah. And so I would become obsessed with making sure, which again, it's not the worst thing in the world to make sure your house isn't going to catch fire when you leave, but to obsess about it the way that I was. Yeah. It's not good. I also like when I would leave for a tour, I would just get this whole, like, I would just fall apart and just start crying as if I was like, never going to come home or something. Like, I don't know what the fear was, but that has gotten a lot better. Probably all the fears. Right. So for me, I'll, I'll be going along. Everything will be great for months. And then all of a sudden I'll start noticing little things like, um, my hands feel really raw from like just repeated washing of Mm -hmm. hands. And like, I, now I just notice it and I think, Oh, that's it. All right. Something's going on. Yep. I, I wonder what it is. Let me see if I can figure out what's like causing me extra stress because I definitely tend to move through the world just like my head down and I'm just doing my thing and I'm not going to, I try not to get, uh, you know, put negative shit out there. I want to like try to stay focused and just do what I'm doing and, and be happy that I'm able to do it. Right. Um, well, people tend to think that like you have the world by the balls when they see really great things happening and it's like, yeah, but I still, Slept like shit. Yes. I still got in a fight with my husband. I still, you know, saw a picture of myself where I feel fat. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Just these crazy things that you obsess over. I'm not going to post that on Instagram because I don't know how to make that into a picture to share with you. You're just going to see me, you know, with a little filter covering up the thing that I picked to shit off my face. That's the thing I think that, you know, I'm going to be 51 in a few months. And... Not even a few months. See yeah. how fabulous Hi. she looks. Are you you got to moisturize. Are you kidding okay, me? Okay, you got to moisturize. You have to. Um, and my biggest fear always was that something was going to happen to my parents. Mm. And I don't know why. It's like, it was just a thing always. And so I would have these like thoughts. I would play a movie, right? And my, that's how a lot of uh, therapists will describe it to you. It's like the intrusive thoughts are just, I can't shut it down. I get obsessed with it. It's every bad scenario. And then my mom died 
And I was like, Aww. she ducked two years ago. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Oh, thank you. And I, I think I knew that, but I'm you still. Didn't, you didn't know that. You were lovely. You called me. Actually. Yes, absolutely. I'm, but I'm <laughs> Just sorry. Just so you know, Erin Harks is a very loving person. <laughs> and as soon as she found out, she called me. Um, and I mean, I don't talk about it all the time. So yeah. it's like, you know, why would I? Yeah. What a, it's what hilarious. A, what a fucking you downer. should bring it up tonight. <laughs> downer. <laughs> Shit. My this, mom died. This is Kelly McFarlane. Yeah. <laughs> but my mom passed away. And it was like. Oh, this is the thing I've, uh, do you know how much energy I've spent yeah. worrying that this would happen? This just didn't, we're all going to die. Yep. It's going to suck. You're going to lose people you love. It's going to be traumatic. It's going to be horrific. And that was like such a thing for me that I feel like I've handled it. My, my husband will always ask me, he's like, I feel like you just never processed it. And I'm like, correction, I have. Yeah. Um. I think also like in the line of work we're in, I, you know, I've been, I've been let down and disappointed many times. Really? Um, yes. Tell Weird. me more about that. Weird. <laughs> and a lot of it's at my own hand. Have you been rejected? Oh my God. Yes. Weird. Like, like at my own doing though. Sure. That's the thing. Like, I think if you are someone, if you are self-aware, you're like, oh, this is my fault. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm just, I'm sure people ask you this, but they're always like, I mean, you should be like famous. What happened? And I'm like, well, I don't have time to tell you all the wrong turns I've taken. So I'm choosing to focus on the right things I've done. Yes. And this is, I make my living making people laugh. It's so hilarious that you brought that up. Really? Segue. Yes. Because I wanted to in a way, ask you that, but at the same time, <laughs> yeah, I hate when people ask me right. that because it's like, you know, would I like a little more success or, you know, I would yes. like to be just a little more famous so that I didn't have to try so hard to sell tickets. Like mm -hmm. that would be a, a yep. comfortable level. Um, but like when people ask me, my immediately, my immediate thought is like, oh, I'm not doing good enough. Uh, like, you know, cause every day I tell myself you're doing great. Okay. You're doing great. And so when somebody asks me that, I'm like, listen, I've been lying to myself for years now saying that this is enough. You're making me feel inadequate. But for you, from where I sit, I have told people this without hyperbole. And I apologize to any other female guests or comedians that I have worked with, but somebody <laughs> has got to be the best. And to me, that oh, is Kelly McFarland. Wow. There's only been three times in my life where I laughed so hard, I almost threw up. Mm. One was at a joke that I made to my husband, and it was the worst joke I've ever made in my life. I'll tell you later. Okay. Um, and it was just his lack of laughter that made me <laughs> laugh so hard that I almost died. Yeah. One was Bill Burr. Okay. Yes. And that was honestly because I had like no sleep. I did like a 50 mile bike marathon. I played with my band and then went to the show. I was super punchy. Andy Spielberg. Andy Spielberg. Everything so, Bill says, yeah. I laugh at it. Honestly. Yes. It's like his inflection, even when he's being serious, I'm like, well, I mean, you're, yeah. you're being a dick and you're charming. Yeah. Like there's everything about Bill Burr. But amazing. in that moment, I was like, I'm going to die yeah. if he doesn't stop telling this joke right now. And it was about like McDonald's, like you fat fuck, you can't get up yeah. before 11 o'clock to get the fucking breakfast, you know? I mean, it's a good point. And? And the third time. Oh, hat-tastic. You're listening to the Mistress of None podcast with Erin Harks.
fantastic, but honestly, almost every show I've worked with with you. But I one of the best shows that we ever did together was at Gaffney's in Saratoga. Small yes, room, 30, yes. 40 people. So good. I don't think you did one minute of material. No. It was all observation. It was watching <laughs> just sheer greatness. Like, it was really... You're being very kind, and I appreciate it. But I Follow mean me it. on all the socials. Um, Please do. Here's the thing. So, no, I'm not famous in any sense of the word. I don't even know if that's what this, how my story's going to go. Yeah. I have no idea. What I do know is that I really feel strongly that I have never quit. Right? It seems like such a dumb thing. No. Nope. But honestly, it's a huge thing. Comedy is designed to make you want to quit. Oh my gosh. On a minute by minute basis. I've never quit. I've been doing it since 98. I have had a lot of opportunity. A lot of opportunity that I am so thankful for. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, whether it's fear or it's just like cracking under pressure, whatever it is, I haven't, I haven't like gone over the hump, right? A lot of it's probably geographical too. I've lived in Boston for the majority of my comedy career Mm -hmm. um, for a million reasons, right? That I'm not going to go into today or probably, I don't even know if I'll ever like explain it to people. Um, I get it now. And that to me is huge. Yeah. Like I understand it. And a lot of, I mean, you just brought it full circle. It comes back to like mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, it's probably, I should probably be writing a memoir. That's probably what I should be doing with my time. It's just one of those things where, I mean, this is a great example. I got vertigo a few years ago. I and remember. They, yeah. And they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And um, they took took driving away until they figured it out. They thought it was everything from MS, Parkinson's, brain tumor, like all the things. And it was months and months of testing. And my comedy actually had never been better because it was the only time I wasn't thinking about it. Yeah. And I just would go up and perform. Yeah. And I, and I was doing great while I was in, I did a festival and got a little attention and had a big opportunity for a late night show. And I went to New York, uh, basically to like audition kind of for this person, for this late night booker. And my vertigo was an all-time awful. It was awful. Of course it was. Like, it was, I uh, took the train. I just was nauseous the whole time. I was uh, on, on the verge of having to use a cane. Like, right? Like, poor, poor me. It's vertigo. No, but it might have been It was a lot, though. It was a lot. And so. I was like, poor you. That's really yeah. difficult to deal with. <laughs> it was, I was on, like, month four of this. Yeah. Like, I just felt like I was on a boat every single that, day. That sounds horrible. And I was not good. I was hosting the show. I wasn't good. And I knew with every comic I brought up, I was like, I'm not at my best tonight. Yeah. This is not my best. And I blew it. Never, like, ghosted. Ghosted. Yeah. Um, which is fine. That's our business, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I sent one of those emails where I was like, I'm dealing with some health stuff, whatever. Long story short, um, they figured it out, right? I'm great now. Good. Um, this was a few years ago. And it's like, you know, bless Kathy Ferris, the comedian's heart. She's like amazing because she 
was driving me everywhere. Yeah. And, like, taking care of me. But well, that was how like, yeah, a lot yeah. of times where I would yeah. work with you, you'd be like, can I bring I'm like, you bring anybody bring you want. You bring anybody yeah. you want. A hilarious comedian, Kathy Ferris. Um, Kathy Ferris is great. And yeah. And I'm like, that was such a good lesson for me though, because I was, I, you know, that, that happened. And the next week I was working. Yeah. And the next week and the next week. And it's just going to be one of those things that it happened and there's nothing I can do about it. I can just keep coming back. I think that that's awesome. And you should know though, and I know it seems like I'm blowing smoke and I swear to God, I'm not like, this is all very genuine. I've always really appreciated you and really enjoyed your comedy and enjoyed you as a person. But for me, I try to tell myself this, like you have done and continue to do things that I wish I could be doing. So no matter where you are in your career, and I'm saying this to myself as well, there's always people out there that want what you have. I know. So even though it's not necessarily being famous, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not successful. Like you're very successful. You're able to do this full time, which is really, really difficult. Okay. Like people don't understand. I know people that headline across the country and still drive bus during the day. Like it is really hard to, cause I mean, when people start out, they're like, Oh, like you pay for stage time. Oh yeah. You know? And like, you could be at it. I've been at it for 12 years and I only make money at it because I produce. That's the only way that I make money is by producing my own shows. And but I have to work my ass off to sell every single ticket to make sure that I make that money back. I never got into it to be famous. Did you get in to be famous? No. In fact, I don't even really like the level of like quote unquote fame that I have right yeah, now. You, have, you definitely have star power in your area for sure. Well, thank you. And that's, that's yeah. a comfortable area it's for awesome. me. But yeah. like I said before, when we were talking about people that are like overly familiar, yeah, like that creeps me out yeah. like I've, I've seen people on Facebook all the time they're writing like oh yeah a friend of mine is blah 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 and I'm like I don't I have no idea who you yeah. are like I'm not trying to be rude but I meet a lot of people and like a friend to me I can count on one hand yeah I'm also exhausted yeah so like <laughs> I'm just gonna say the thing um I don't, know, I don't know who needs to hear it uh I'm tired so if I just got off stage and I just did whatever it is, 45 minutes, an hour, sometimes on your shows, I you're love like, keep going. Yeah, do it, go forever. Yeah. Um, and we talk, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm flying, right? So we're going to talk and I'm appreciative of you for sitting and listening to my nonsense. I may not remember you. Yeah. I want to really badly. And I may not. Yeah. So I love that you had fun. That's the only reason yeah. I do it. I I have fun and I wanted to be an entertainer. It's so funny because I think we've talked about this before. I wanted to be a singer when I was younger and I sang fine, but I was not going to be a singer. And you're this talented musician and you're a comedian. It's like you really got everything. I'm leaving. (laughs) It's funny because that's why I started doing stand-up because I really wanted to, I had been one of those like little theater kids and acting and music and singing and dance and whatever. And I really wanted to be a performer and I loved comedy and I always was the cut up always. And so when I found stand-up and found out that like, you could just, you could just do it. If, If you have a thick skin, you can just try it. And I'm really thankful I found it. Mm-hmm. 
And the measure for me is always like, if I could talk to fifth grade me or even eighth grade me, and I told her what we were doing, she'd be like, oh my God, that was so cool. Yeah. And then fix her feathered hair. <laughs> yeah, I used to watch old comedy shows with my sister. We would watch like Comedy at Caroline's. Yeah. And these like late night shows that we were probably supposed to be watching. Yes. And so I never really put it together until just a few years ago. I was like, maybe that was the beginning. But yeah. like, it never occurred to me to do it until I started playing music and would tell stories in between. And like, I would get a laugh and I'd be like, well, that felt good. Yeah, it feels nice. Yeah, it feels really nice. Because we don't laugh enough. No. Human beings do not laugh enough. Definitely not. No, and we're also told to stop laughing when we're young. Yeah. Like, I was always laughing, and I was getting into trouble all the time. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I was, yeah, yeah 100%. So I'm like, well, now I'm just going to sell that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sell. Well, I always say, like, I'm so, like, attention starved. I was like, yeah. but luckily I was able to make a career out of it. You know? Right, <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, you want to hear my dumb stories about owls? Great. <laughs> I'm like, that person's such an attention whore. <laughs> Look over here. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear me? Did you hear what I just said? Hey, everyone. Uh, that attention whore over there is really in my light. Can someone help? <laughs> well, I feel I, like you and I could talk yeah, for hours. I know you said 10 minutes, but we have to go do a show. Yeah, we do have to go do a show. And I can't wait to see I don't know you where perform. I'm going to take you there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's a treat. I just have to clear all the garbage out of the front seat. I can just drive myself. No, I want... Unless you want to ride by yourself. No, I could care oh, less. I don't want, I know the car thing. Yeah. Well, we can work this out. When, okay. I don't mind. Riding. I know. Why are we oh, doing I don't that know. on the podcast? So even though like you're. That didn't make sense. You're not famous. I'm not at all. At all. Are you happy? Yes. That's I am. All that I matters. actually am. I, do you do the thing where you like, well, listen, I'm happy, but I also cry in my car sometimes. Sure. Uh, and I think those two things can exist. 100%. Like, I, I know it's kind of like a comedian thing where it's like, I teach improv. I teach, I like improv. I teach improv. I love the mechanics and fundamentals of improv because all the things can exist. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, you know, I can be happy and sob in my car to a really good song. Yeah, like those two things can. I'm still happy. It's okay to have emotions. Yeah, you're allowed to feel everything. I know. Feel it what, all. Yeah, my therapist is like, just sit in it. And I'm like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, I don't like to. <laughs> I know it's funny. People uh, when I meet people who sit in the sadness, though, I'm like, right for a minute, but yeah, no, like the, I cry during the channel. Yeah, I cry yeah. and then yeah. I blow my nose and yeah. then I blot my face yeah. and then I make a stupid joke and then I'm back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have time for this shit. Yeah, it goes. It goes sad song, crying, suck it up, diarrhea cramp, move on. Because <laughs> I, I internalize everything. I'm I was going to throw a pill push it in down. somewhere before the diarrhea cramp. Push part. it down. <laughs> I think diarrhea cramp is a great place to end. Yeah, that's the name of my new special coming out this fall. I I can't so wait. It's 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 going to be all crowd it work. It might. I don't know. It's going to be all crowd it work. Might. Yeah. Oh, my hair is really long for well, me. We're going to. All right. All right. Let's go. This over. has been Kelly McFarland and you should Google her and follow her on Instagram and Facebook. She has two comedy albums out. I do. Uh, you woke up today. Bombshell is amazing. Thank you. I have another one coming out <gasps> early next year. Probably. Oh. Yeah. I'm working on that right now. I'm so excited. And yeah. And I have a dry bar special. I have another special that's like waiting to release. It's. It takes a stuff. long time. There's I hear stuff. Yes. There's stuff. 
Um, just remember, I'm Kelly MacFarland. Mac, I was going to remind people. Thank you. MacFarland. But she's not easy to find. Maybe it's just because I Google you all the time that ah. you pop right up. But make sure that you like, love, follow, share, everything like that. This has been Mistress of None. I am Erin Harks with Kelly McFarland. And we'll see you soon. Thanks. Thank you. You're listening to the Mistress of None podcast with Aaron Harks. That was Kelly McFarland. You're listening to Mistress of None. I am Aaron Harks. I love, 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 love her. The first time that I met Kelly, I was hosting this competition in Albany. It was called the Ladies of Laughter. Kelly went on to win the whole thing, which did not surprise me at all. That Ladies of Laughter, it was a tough competition. I don't know how the woman who runs it gets such talent to audition or or compete every time. But every single person in the amateur and the professional uh, competition were ridiculous, phenomenal. The beginner or amateur, I think did like two or three minutes. And then the pros did like five or six minutes. It went really fast. And I was asked to host. So I didn't compete this year. I competed one year, many, many years ago. (laughs) And uh, if my buddy Luke is listening, um, I'm sure he's laughing very hard right now. What happened was we went down to Levity Live down in uh, Nyack, and I had three minutes. And I used to have this opener where I talked about, I would just get up and be like, it's so great to be performing again. I just had a baby and people clap. And then I would go, I'm kidding. I just put on weight. I'm a sucker for applause or something like that. And people would laugh, but you need them to clap for you to go, I'm kidding, I put on weight. That's just how the joke worked. And every time, and I told the joke a hundred times, and every time it worked flawlessly, except for this time, because my friend who was trying really hard to support me, and God bless you, Luke, he was trying his hardest to be supportive, but he laughed at the wrong part. So I said, I just had a baby. And he went, ha, ha, ha. And everybody laughed at him laughing at me, instead of clapping. And I pride myself on not getting very easily derailed, but I was completely derailed because I didn't know how to redirect after that setup didn't work. And I think I was just like, I stared at him for a solid minute, which was two thirds of my set or one third of my set. And I don't know. I think I just crashed and burned. I I walked off stage knowing that I wasn't going to advance to the next round. I told Luke he had to walk home. I was so upset I didn't even stop at Target on the way out, which is unlike me to pass a Target in a new city. I've been to every Target in every state in the country. We'll talk about that some other time. Anyway, so that was 2014. Fast forward 2016. Uh, This woman does this contest every two years called Ladies of Laughter. And she asked me to host it. And I was like, great. So I hosted it and it was quick. Like we really had to keep, there was like 30 comics. We had to keep it moving. So I'm about to bring up Kelly 
while the other comedian is on. No idea who the other comedian was. And I feel really, I still, to this day, feel really bad about it. But I was just like, okay, you know, what's your name? She told me her name. I'm like taking notes. I said, where are you from? She goes, Boston. I was like, oh, I love Boston. I said, I would love to perform there. It seems like a really tough city to break into. And she was like, I can get you there. Just let me know. And I was like, oh, that's really sweet of you. And then we just like talked a little bit further. And I was like, oh my God, like what an asshole am I? You're about to go on stage and and perform and compete. And here I am like hitting you up for booking info, which is kind of like, it's not a faux pas for comedians to do that, but like know a time and a place. And she was not even remotely mad at me for that, but she should have been. But that's the kind of person that she is. She's just very sweet. I've learned a lot in the past few years. I wouldn't do that to somebody. I don't like when people do that to me. And um, she was just so sweet about it. She got up and she crushed it, just obliterated the crowd. And she got done. And I immediately was like, I am so sorry. And she just laughed. She's like, about what? I'm fine. Like, she's unflappable. And she was just amazing. So it was really great to, to talk with her in her hotel before the show. Again, before the show, I'm making her do things other than focus. But she still got up last night and completely destroyed at uh, Universal Preservation Hall, uh, where, shameless plug, I have a monthly show called Women Aren't Funny. It's the first Wednesday of every month. I'm bringing in ladies from all over the country to come and do this show. You should come. Make it your monthly tradition. Bring your friends. Bring your enemies. I don't care. Like I said, just because you don't like them doesn't mean they're not cool. Come to the show. I actually, oddly enough, at the show last night, I should mention, this is how much people love Kelly McFarlane. There were two women at this show that don't speak to me anymore because I had a falling out with another person and these two women took sides, even though nobody really asked them to. And they came to the show and snubbed me just so they could see Kelly McFarland. And that, honestly, besides Kelly, was the funniest thing that I saw all night. I mean, like, really, that's how good she is. That people that hate my guts will still come to one of my shows just to see Kelly McFarland. So the two ladies that came out last night, I know that they're not listening because I guess, like I said, they do. They, they really, they don't like me. And that's okay. Not everybody has to. And you know what? I still got your money. So that's fine. I, you know, please come every time. I, you know, the less people I have to talk to after a show, the better. I got shit to do. It's all good. Look up Kelly McFarland. That's MacFarland, M-A-C-Farland. I will post so that you know how to find her. Like, share, follow, love, whatever. She's on TikTok, Instagram. She's got albums on iTunes. She performs all over. She's just the funniest. Follow her, stalk her out. Come see her next time she's in Albany. You will, I mean, people were falling down. It, it, she's that funny. So look her up, follow her. Uh, thank you for listening to Mistress of None. I am Aaron Harks. Please tune in next week. Tell your friends, tell your enemies. Like I said, just because you don't like them doesn't mean they're bad people. Uh, I'm going to not say um that much anymore. Like, share, follow, all that shit. Please, let's get a lot of people listening to me ramble longer and longer each week. I love you all. Thank you so much. Mistress of None signing off. See you next week. Bye.